Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer, joins us. And we have a sit-down interview with the man behind AEW, Cody Rhodes. A very, very truthful interview, as always, by Cody, and uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, we first had him on to be a guest for our Best Moments of the Decade show that's going to be coming out this holiday season, but it turned out to into something else, and that extra content we play on today's edition of the Busted Open Podcast. Also, we talked to somebody who's challenging Nick Aldis on Saturday for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship on pay-per-view, and that is the Cowboy, James Storm. The Cowboy gave us his pre-match, I guess, insights leading Mm -hmm. into the biggest match of his career. Absolutely, his biggest match of his career. And also on Sunday, we have WWE TLC. We give our preview, all that right now, on the Busted Open Podcast. When you think of the last 10 years in pro wrestling, I think Cody's going to be a name that's going to be on every wrestling fan's tongue because of what he did and what we're now seeing with AEW. And uh, let's go back to that interview we just taped about uh, 75 minutes ago. Do you ever take a moment? And and, and I, I know for myself, watching you at times, I get a little emotional. Like, do you ever take a moment and really appreciate what's going on right now? I, I do, um, but but if I if I take too long of a moment, um, I, I think I'll I'll the you know what's in the crosshairs will will get shifted or I'll I'll be it'll be almost muddled a little bit. So I take a moment, but I also know that there's so much more that needs to be done. Um, and now I have um, the confidence and the the role that I can do it in as a, an executive vice president when I'm not out there as the wrestler, as the wrestler, I, I don't want to stand, you know, and that's, uh, you know, my dad said that during his hall of fame speech. And I he said, that's why he was looking back at the ring when he was leaving with superstar Billy Graham in the garden. And, and even if you watch those matches, he hangs out a little too long. There's a reason at the end of the night, uh, I hang out very long. I hang out long enough that the cameramen get pissed off, that the security, Atlas Security, who I think are great, but they get a little pissed off. 
Uh, I hang out and I basically do a full meet and greet once the cameras are turned off. If I'm one of the last guys out there, and I often am uh, for AW Dark, I don't do that to get a pat on the back. I don't even do that as an example to those who who just you know go around glad hand and leave. I do it for the same reason. I don't want it to be over every single. Uh, Wednesday. I don't want it to end. I just wish it could be Wednesday all over again when I when I wake up. Um, and that's uh, I've been told it's unhealthy, <laughs> but I uh, I don't give a damn, man. I, I'm a pro wrestler. My family's pro wrestling, and uh, I got a third eyebrow now because of it. Um, that you know, there's this is the coolest job ever. Like if you're if you're one of these ironic kind of wrestlers you're not going to get along with me one of the two cool for school types get the hell out bud like i i everything about wrestling is is what i love it's my favorite thing and you know my wife see her excelling in and qt you mentioned him and i'll talk about him a little bit that's my friend um and we don't give favors here so if he it was important that he delivered uh because it'll never happen again if he didn't and He's also behind the scenes. One of the most, if like one of the most important people at AEW. He's a utility guy. He is my right hand on everything. He's he's there for Tony. He's there for the Bucks. Uh, his school has become rather important to AEW, and he was never really given a proper chance um, in the business. And he he got that proper chance with us. And you know, just an immensely important individual to what AEW does every week and beloved by the company so i got off on a rant about qt i yell at him a lot but uh hey, hey cody it's dreamer how are you oh my gosh oh tommy tommy man your voice is like freaking butter soothing i'm good how are you i'm uh just waking up so you talk about qt i put it out there on social media he delivered, and I was blown away with his performance. And like Dave was saying, uh, you attach you to help him get over. But the most important thing that Cody said was he stepped up. And there's one thing about being friends with people, but then there's other things when they deliver. And when the crowd started chanting his name, I couldn't have been prouder for you. But what it is for him, because I know what he does for the company. I know how long he's wanted it, too. But, like... You had to feel, you had to have that dad moment of, wow, like you you had to be so proud of him. I was, I was. Um, and you mentioned the, the dad moment, and I was actually talking to Vicky Guerrero about this, because Vicky Guerrero was backstage. Uh, she did AEW Dark commentary. She did so well. You know, of course, we knew she would do well. She's Vicky Guerrero, but she did so well for the first match. We kept her on for the last half, too. Uh, and what I told her was that Brandy and I inherited all these children, um, and we are—we don't have any kids, so we're we're new parents. And when I mean children, I mean like Darby uh, and and Britt and and Chris and and just a lot of people as as you know the people they go to for what am I doing tonight and what do you think of this and. And when I saw what he did in there and I knew, because obviously the reaction we got was the reaction that as a wrestler, you're thinking is going to happen in your mind, but it's always a little less when you go out there live, you know, you think the biggest and shoot for the biggest, but it's not always there unless it's 
really magical. And I made sure I told them afterwards. I said, just don't ever take that crowd for granted because that rarely works. Uh, so I really was, um, as a dad, <laughs> as Keith's dad, I was very, uh, I was very proud. And uh, it's, you know, between you and me because of who I'm talking to, it's one of those moments that I, I feel more like Dusty than ever because that was Dusty's whole thing. You know, uh, he was, his whole thing was putting people next to him. Yep. I just watched a match with him and Ronnie Garvin. Uh, obviously, him and Sting and putting people next to them. I mean, it was something about it. And I got the chance to do it. Uh, for for the people listening, when I went back to the WWE during the Wyatts, Cody was there, and he wasn't being used to his capacity. It was bothering me a lot because of my relationship with Cody. But one thing that stood out, and why I always knew Cody was special, not because uh, his father told me he was special, um, Cody was sitting there with his either iPad or laptop, and he was watching the WWE Network, and he was watching wrestling in the locker room and all the boys are talking they're they're bs and cody's literally sitting there and as soon as i saw it that he's watching what do i do i stand behind him and we're watching old uh like wcw matches and we're enjoying it and now here's a kid who who grew up in this business but he still has that passion so this is why he is the way he is where the spot he's in and like he, you're studying. Not that you knew where your future would take you, but he will never lose that, and that's why he's he has helped the business. And from someone who's, I just wrestled my 200th match this year last night, and I'm wow. a 48 year old man. The fact that I could still do that at a different level is is because of AEW, as because of the Tony Khans. My biggest uh, problem, I wonder how you feel about it, is there became a divide. And you growing up in the business, you know, and me and Dave always talk about, you know, we watched Georgia Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. We watched the WWF World Class. Now there's this divide of yeah. NXT fans versus AEW fans. Like, how do you feel about it? Because I just say, just be wrestling fans. DVR one, watch the other. What's your opinion on this whole thing? I think about this a lot because it's so um, it's so toxic. And, and when I say toxic, I mean social media. You know, social media has become an accepted part of our lives now. I kept I keep telling people like, hey, remember when we didn't have this stuff, Twitter and Instagram, and what did we do? And uh, it's almost like saying, oh, remember when we didn't have cell phones? Social media is not going away. So what I've you know, tried to kind of learn from it and study from it all is there's a, there's, there's a logic to both sides of this big, deep divided argument, whether there's a little bit of fear um, from longtime WWE fans or whether there's kind of a dislike of the bold personalities. Cause we've done some really bold things like the breaking of the throne or, or taking little fun, jabs like Jericho did in his promo here and there. But on the other side of it, there's, there's defenders for AEW who are kind of overly protective and, and sometimes are, are, are being too generous to us because obviously we're going to slip and make mistakes too. Um, I'm, I'm like you said, though, if you were ever to put all those people in a room together with their NXT shirts and their AEW shirts, um, they would get along just fine because they're wrestling fans. 
And if you look at the geopolitical climate, which I follow very closely, and, and you look at everything that's happening out in the world, our our fan base really does need to do make better efforts. I think to to just to to get along <laughs> in a way, and and that starts at the top, you know. I, and I can I can go ahead and, and say like I I think a lot of things got screwed up with what was done with me at WWE. Uh, but uh, if I was to, you know, be in a room with with Triple H in this moment, I would I would shake his hand. I'd probably even give him a hug. Um, out of everything that's happened, and and I learned a lot from him. And he's on the absolute opposite side of the the fence uh, in the same role I'm in with a with AEW, and has much more experience with it. I I think it's it's fun, but we can't eat our own. You got to think about yeah. that. If you look at the amount of wrestling fans that are watching wrestling every week uh, and Wednesday night, we wanted Wednesday night to become must see TV. If you take the ratings from both products and you truly understand that there's less crossover than you think, that's a lot of eyes watching wrestling on Wednesday nights. Um, so it's not going to stop because, because, because what happens, this is competitive. We are counter programmed against each other. We are trying to beat each other's products. We're trying to have a better product, just like a wrestler in the locker rooms, trying to have a better wrestling match than the guy who went before him. But that doesn't have to be mean-spirited. Um, I've never been mean-spirited about wanting to climb the ladder as a wrestler, or particularly as a babyface wrestler. Uh, I do it w- uh, very transparently and honestly. I want to have a better outing. Than, than Moxley. I want to have a deeper connection than Kenny Omega, and I make the steps to do that, and they also make the steps to do that. That's what pro wrestling is. So we're doing that with shows, too, and I just think, uh, especially the holiday season, maybe it's, you know, you know, you can love what you love, but it, it, the ring's still there in the middle, and there's plenty of other products out there as well. Um, it's definitely a toxic environment. I'm sorry I went on quite a rant here. Uh, if there's anything positive, though, about the fact that it's a toxic environment, it's this. The most toxic fan bases have been Game of Thrones and Star Wars. And I'm in both of those fan bases, and I'm screaming and yelling about everything, too. And that at least we have such passionate fans that they're screaming and yelling about what they think we should do right, what shows better. The, that's, that isn't a problem. Maybe how we scream and yell is, but it's good to have the passion. And it is the holiday season, so make sure you watch the Star Wars holiday special with B. Oh, Arthur, because that by far is the best Star Wars movie. What a mess that is. What a, what a uh, black mark on the legacy of it all. I don't think so. Um, all right, last question for me. And this is kind of out of left field because it's a lot of, uh, it's something that probably a lot of fans don't think of. I obviously have to consume a lot of wrestling to to do this show five days a week. And my wife was not a wrestling fan uh, going into our relationship, but obviously now she knows a lot about it. In all honesty, the one show that she will sit and watch with me from beginning to end is AEW on Dynamite. She actually looks forward to it now. Did you think going in, and I'm sure it was a hope, but did you know that at some point you were going to bring people in that may have necessarily not have been wrestling fans before watching your show? Of course. I mean, I didn't know, but the the hope was to bring in returners or bring in 
uh, brand new fans and have the fan base, the hardcore dedicated fan base, uh, you know, basically prop the chair up next to him and say, say, join us, um, have a seat. And I can tell you a little bit about this person and that person. And I think why, why that's so nice to hear. And I'm glad you shared that is we have characters on our show that genuinely are human beings. And I think that is a big, big piece of what AEW does that people wonder, well, why, well, why? I'm not even playing a character out there at all. It's hard on my sleeve. It is who I am. Uh, and even the ones who are leaning into a character a bit, it's really, there's so much of a human connection. And people talk all the time, well, we need, you know, you should have more vignettes and you should have, you, you should have more background. And of course we should. You're right about that. But some people, some people tell you who they are by what they do between the ropes. And that's that's sport of pro wrestling. And to, if that can bring in new fans, uh, if a little kid uh, likes somebody for something as simple as the color of tights they wear or that funny saying they, they say, and they can, they can be guaranteed they're going to hear it every week, um, that's, that's special and that's kind of the lightning in a bottle that uh, – we've tried to capture with not just AEW, but what started before AEW, the whole, the whole budding process of this. And now that we can do it every Wednesday night and we just have to keep doing that. Cody, my best description to about AEW from behind the scenes, as well as on camera, it's really, really good people and it's fun. And that's what wrestling should be. And that's what you guys have been delivering every Wednesday. And like I said, I couldn't be prouder of you and i just want this to keep on rolling along because it's it's fun and life should be fun and i love you cody thanks so much for the time and oh. i really appreciate it thank you so much well tommy i love you too Lagreca, i like you a lot <laughs> you know what cody i like you too uh really good sit down with cody and again we were taping it we were originally taping it just before today's show for our Pro Wrestling's Defining Moments of the Decade show that's going to be played during the holiday season, Tommy. But when you have a chance to interview Cody Rhodes, it's got to be more than just looking back at the last decade. You have to look at right now because the landscape is so good for pro wrestling and for pro wrestling fans. Had to capitalize on that, and I think some very honest answers from Cody Rhodes. You're always going to get that from Cody. You're going to, you know, there's a lot. The best part about wrestling and 2019 2020 uh, especially with AEW is that honesty it is that uh, you know Chris Jericho just did an interview where he's like the honeymoon phase is over now we have to rely on this and when there's an issue it will get addressed and they'll be honest with their fan base I learned that a long time ago from crazy Paul Heyman and uh, I would joke about it he would lie to the wrestlers but he would never lie to the audience and you don't have to lie to the audience because you get called out on the world of social media. And that whole eliminating, that is, we talked about last time I was here, that is my New Year's resolution of eliminating eliminating toxic people out of your life and negativity. So just keep on going for that positive path, and I feel you'll be rewarded. And I think, uh, and Cody mentioned social media, and it was a great question by you, Tommy, because 
when it comes to that kind of toxic environment with social media, I can understand it. Because I'm on social media as well when I'm watching Raw, when I'm watching SmackDown, and it's kind of like a way to vent your frustration sometimes. I'm watching Raw and there's something I don't like. I'll make a good joke. And, you know, positive tweets don't really move the needle. Negative tweets do. So a lot of people who, like, really use social media on a daily basis, that's almost like their way to vent because they can't vent to anybody else, so they do it on Twitter. You know... I watched the I was up in Canada helping out with Impact and I we watched AEW which we never do and I watched it with Don Callis, Scott mm-hmm. Demore, Jimmy Jacobs, RD Evans who was a wrestler, he was a writer for WWE as well. And every time something that was wrong, and there was a few hiccups on last week's show. They were sometimes crapping on it. And I just sat there, and I sat there, and I said, listen to the audience. I said, they're having fun, and they're, it's, it's a good time. Yes, there was hiccups. There was a lot of production hiccups. There was them showing Jack Swagger coming down to do the, the run-in before he did. There was not pitching to commercial breaks. There was, you know, a couple weeks before there was audio issues. There was a lot of things or, or, you know, not making saves in tag matches where, you know, they're they're pivotal. There was a lot of things that were, you could really sit there and digress and say, "Eh, you know what, this is not good. And some of it was, and I was in that room. And I just said, listen to the crowd. The people are loving it. Does that mean it's textbook uh, correct for pro wrestling? No. But if the fans are having a great time, it's good. Do you know the movie, The Rocky Horror? Yeah, Rocky Horror Picture Show? I hate that movie. But whenever you go and see it live, everyone's dancing. You're dressed up like that girl character, whoever he is or she is. But like people get into that stuff. Yeah, they love it. It's I like don't a culture. Like or Grateful Dead. People go to the Grateful Dead concert. It's like they've been touring forever and half of them are dead. And here's the thing. Like, but they I'm, love it. You know what? It's a great point by you, Tommy. Uh, because I like their ice cream too. The, uh, the Cherry Garcia? Yep. Um, I'm not a fan of the Grateful Dead. And I went to a Grateful Dead concert, and I didn't like their music, and I didn't have a good time. But you know what? Everyone around me did. So who am I to say that the Grateful Dead suck, or why would anybody go to a Grateful Dead concert? You'll never hear me say that, because, like, I'm in a state, I'm at, it was at the time, it was Giant Stadium. Like, there's 70,000 people on their feet dancing. How do you say that's wrong? you, you can't. And when you watch NXT, and I know NXT's in a in full sale and it's only 500 people, but those 500 people are going crazy. I'm watching AEW Wednesday night. There's 10,000 people, and they're going absolutely insane. I don't understand how anybody could look at AEW and say, boy, you're that's terrible, you're wrong for watching, or vice versa saying that about NXT. When I watch, you watch it, th- I always, always, because of what I had to do in ECW, watch it through different eyes. But I recently got into an argument with two wrestlers, I'm not going to say who they are, about Orange Cassidy. And they're like, dude, I don't get it. And like, dude, I hate it. And I hate him. And I was like, first of all, you shouldn't hate him because he's playing a character. And I was like, you know Orange Cassidy can wrestle? Do you know Orange Cassidy 
uh, can do like all the crazy high spots. He was an ant, I think, in Chikara Wrestling, one of those fire ants or whatever he was. And I asked him some of my greatest matches. Now, I've had two matches with Orange. You were there yep. at the House of Hardcore. Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray versus Sonny Kiss and Orange Cassidy. And when Orange Cassidy and Bully Ray stepped into the ring, the place was rumbling. I've had matches with Orange Cassidy. And when I did things with Orange Cassidy, the place was rumbling. And in the middle of a fight between the Young Bucks and LAX, a bathroom door opens and Orange Cassidy just in there. And he gets the loudest reactions out of anybody. And trying to explain, and, and I use the analogy, I go, do you know what he is? I go, he was 911. 911 would come out, his music would hit, one move, done. Orange Cassidy doesn't even really do one move. He could do a lot more. But I was like, it's almost like if you get him, you get it. Our, uh, Andrew Dice Clay, you and I loved Andrew Dice Clay. We both seen him uh, at Madison Square Garden back in the day. Yep. But back in the day, and this was in the 80s, people found him offensive. Yeah, he was banned from MTV, banned from Saturday Night Live. But if you liked his comedy, you got it and you laughed your ass off. But if you didn't like him, but now like and what Cody was talking about, that toxic, oh, Orange Cassidy's too small. Oh, Orange Cassidy can't work. Uh, he can. And like to me, like having to explain that to wrestlers. And then I think like, could you imagine like trying to prom- to pitch Orange Cassidy to Hulk Hogan? I mean, to uh, Vince McMahon, where I was like, well, he's a wrestler who kind of is lazy. And he's a wrestler that doesn't really want to be there sometimes. And like Vince, in my opinion, Vince, that would be hard for Vince McMahon to understand that. But if you get it and you get that that about him, you, you get that joke. You get that character. And I was lucky enough to be a ref in that match, or the match you're talking about with Sonny Kiss and Orange Cassidy and you were bully. When I look back at that House of Hardcore show, House of Hardcore 56, the two biggest pops of the night was that was bullying Orange Cassidy going back and forth and action Mike Jackson, a man who's 70 years old in the ring. Like, you you, you hear that and you're like, what? A 70-year-old man in the ring? That's shit. Well, guess what? Go back and watch that match with action Mike Jackson and look what he can do in the ring. And, oh, yeah, look at him and what great physical shape that that man is in. Well, for, for Mike Jackson... I set that up. I wanted the world to know that you're watching a 70-year-old man wrestle. And when he did a suicide dive through the floor, when he did the Undertaker's walk across all four ropes. He did all four turnbuckles. And, and just for the fact that a 70-year-old man, not only that he looks through it, but that he's bumping and moving like he's in his 20s, that's what makes him special. And you don't want to see him all the time. Hey, we had Ken Shamrock in here, and we look at Ken Shamrock, and we're like, Ken Shamrock's in great shape. And when Ken Shamrock came back, Ken Shamrock was like, oh, my God, I'm witnessing a Ken Shamrock wrestling match. It was awesome. But if you were to start to see it every single week, then people might say, oh, Ken Shamrock's a little too old. Ken Shamrock runs the ropes a little weird. You know why, Ken? Because he can't lift his arms up anymore because he's fighting all the time but ken shamrock in presented as ken shamrock he's money because i could see it in the houses and all that stuff but anyway getting getting back to and like ken shamrock taking the dick flip made him cool again so if you get it you get it aew is fun nxt is fun 
Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, they have their fun moments. Yeah. And it, there's a place for comedy in wrestling. There's a place for serious. There's a place for blood. There's a place for violence. And that's what wrestling should offer. And, you know, when, when Cody's talk about toxic, just eliminate it and don't look at it. And every player will, ever, will always tell you it's hard uh, – you cover the NFL. I've heard so many football players say, they say, don't read the papers, don't do that. And this is back when we didn't have social media at our, but you'll read what people are saying and then self-doubt creeps into you and all that stuff. And it starts to play mind games with you. People are starting to, I'm starting to think I'm fat and bald. No, you're not. Okay, thanks. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Can we talk about TLC? Before we get back to the Busted Open Nation, can we talk a little TLC? A little- baby, baby. <laughs> I want to climb that ladder. That's... <laughs> Britney Spears, not TLC. Uh, oh. but, yeah, TLC <laughs> nice is, try. TLC is uh, uh, don't uh, uh, go chasing Jason. waterfalls. I like my version better. When it was a different song by a different artist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Was Beyonce in TLC? No. All right. Ooh, can we play all TLC songs for the rest yeah. of the show? Sure, why not? Don't go, go chasing the icy title now. You have to climb that ladder and fall. <laughs> that good? That was, that was pretty better. good. That was pretty good. Who is? The, uh, let me throw something out at you. Who's the inter? Who currently is the intercontinental champion? Can you name the intercontinental champion? You know. Just say no. I said you know. Oh. Is it on SmackDown? They yeah, just the changed inter- the title. The intercontinental champion is on SmackDown. And they just changed the title. Nakamura. Yes, yes. Ha 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 ha. My brain works. It only hurts when I get hit with steel objects. Bag, bag. <laughs> oh, you're. The best. I'm on two hours of sleep. I know you are. You wouldn't know it though by listening to this show. <laughs> I'm alive, baby. And I don't have pretzels in my mouth. Let's go to a nation. Wait, hold on. Who's our U.S. champ? Greg Valentine? <laughs> Can you? Do you know who the United <laughs> States No, Greg Valentine thought that was very funny. Um, Rey Mysterio. That's right. Oh, come on, I follow this stuff. No, the reason I brought up the Intercontinental Championship, because, you know, once again, there's a pay-per-view where the Intercontinental Championship is not being defended, TLC. No Nakamura on the card. We have Rusev and Bobby Lashley. In a tables match. We have the Kabuki Warriors going up against Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair in a TLC match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. We have Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy. We have Bray Wyatt and The Miz in a non-title match. We have the New Day going up against the Revival for the Tag Team uh, WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship. And we have Roman Reigns and King Corbin in a TLC match. Very interesting that the Bray Wyatt-Miz match is not for the universal title. Um, yeah, now that you ran that card down to me, it's not the most enticing TLC card of that I remember. No, and honestly, like I don't know if they've done a great job, and this is where it's very odd, because Monday Night Raw, for me, the last month and a half has been very, very good. I don't know if they've done a lot to sell you on TLC. And SmackDown, to me, and I've said this before, 
SmackDown, since moving to Fox, has not been a great show. It's been very, very average at best. So uh, this is an odd pay-per-view that's taking place on Sunday, though I do think there's some very good bright spots on this card. Uh, and I'm, one, I'm ahead. saying, I don't mean to cut you off, there will be some good matches, and, and wrestlers and talent will always shine no matter what creative they are given. But promoting the show, I don't know if it jumps off of wow, like this really is like TLC-esque or this champion may lose the title or we're going to see certain things at uh, TLC that's like a must-see show. doesn't have that feel to it. Well, one thing is that the WWE Championship held by Brock Lesnar is not being defended on mm -hmm. the pay-per-view. That's why. And Bray Wyatt, or I guess The Fiend, is... The, the is holding the Universal Championship. The Universal Championship, even though Bray Wyatt's on the card, the Universal Championship is not being defended at TLC. Most likely, looking at this show, Roman Reigns and King Corbin are probably going to be the main event for TLC on Sunday. So uh, it's it's and you have Rusev and Bobby Lashley, which I think would probably be the end of this story, or maybe it's just another chapter to the story. That's interesting as well. I think uh, Rusev should put Lana through a table. Be a big pop. I think so too. I don't think it will happen, but it would be a gigantic pop. He could lose the match and then. Be mad. I don't know why you'd be so mad that the guys should be happy. Well, I, I think if you look at it like Rusev and Lashley, especially the turn that this story has taken, should Rusev even be mad at Bobby Lashley? No. Actually, he should be thanking Bobby Lashley. He's a good-looking dude. He can find love somewhere else. He can. Look at how quickly it happened for De Batista. Just put it out there on social media. Yeah, it's, hey, it's, ladies, who wants a Rusev day? Done. Done, yeah. You have your own holiday. Yeah. Imagine imagine spending Rusev Day with Rusev. Or I'll include you in my storyline. Duh. You'll get a ton of girls. I'm going to start promoting that for House of Hardcore in 2020. Be the girl who walks me to the ring. That's not a bad idea. And unfortunately, you have to see me topless <laughs> behind the scenes for your position. Um, I, I, interesting. Uh, the match that I'm probably looking forward to the most out of all of these matches is Aleister Black I and Buddy Murphy. I mean, that is going to tear the house. Down. But you know what? Roman Reigns and Corbin is a very, very good match, and yes. they will do a lot of good things. But like, I get it. But is that the main event in the sense of like, is he going to win the? He'll become the king. No, it's just it's it's a good match, but it doesn't have that. TLC feel when you think of TLC and not because he's here but you think about a bunch of people climbing a ladder trying to go for something or you know with Edge Christian and I'm not going back for them there's been some really good TLC since then but I don't I don't feel TLC vibe no as a big money show and, and if it's one of those throwaways before we get to the Royal Rumble which would be our next WWE pay-per-view cool but even, like, what ramifications would TLC take us to Royal Rumble? Wouldn't. Would there? No, I don't think there is. And, I, you know, is 
is this TLC match going to mean the end of the Roman Reigns and King Corbin saga? Maybe, but again, like nothing is on the line. So, you know, is the Bray Wyatt Miz match, is this just, uh, is this going to lead to a championship match at some point? Are we going to see The Fiend or are we going to see Bray Wyatt? Because so far we've seen The Fiend defend the championship, but it looks like it's going to be Bray Wyatt in the ring with The Miz. So that's kind of odd. Uh, Rusev and Bobby Lashley, like Rusev is now divorced Talana, so you know, and Rusev said to Bobby on Monday, "Take her." So, like, what's this match going to be? This tables match on Sunday. You're right. There's not a lot on the line, but again, the bright spot on this card, I think, the match that we're going to be talking more than any other on Monday is Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy. If there was real life bookings, how about a scramble? or a ladder match to see who gets into the Royal Rumble. Because behind the scenes, there's a lot of men and women that want to be in that Royal Rumble. And it's Royal Rumble season. It's a gigantic pay-per-view. How about somebody who wins, gets either number 30, or somebody who wins gets in the Royal Rumble? It makes the Royal Rumble special. I don't want to steal Bully Rays if I had the pencil. but What would you say if I had the pen? An erasable pen. Yeah. What was that called? Not a Bic. What were those first erasable pens? They were amazing. The erasers did not taste good, though. I remember that. And they used to then call them colors, blue, yellow. What was the name of those pens? I can't think of it. Oh, my and God. And they never really did a good job erasing. No. Yeah, they just made a, bl- a blue smudge on and your paper. And then you have to get white out and put the white out. Uh, I still use white out. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I know that's a problem probably for most people because use it for what like your documents. Do you yeah. know in my, in school they don't even teach penmanship anymore. No, I know really? they don't yep. teach cursive either. Uh, how is anybody going to know how to sign your name? You don't. You just write an X, mm. or it's print. That's quite sad for your generation, you skinny jean wearing freak. Well, I think I too. Yeah, he's in his thirties. I don't think you're. That's <laughs> yeah, more about like my daughter. You know, she's 16. That's more of my daughter's generation. Well, his generation started it. And, you know, you can always sign it with an X. Like the great Paul Stanley said, let's put the X in sex. Love's like a muscle and it makes me want to flex. If you really want to know, um, that was great, by the way. How I know I have some brain issues from uh, wrestling. Not because I mispronounce songs and do all my normal stuff or forgetfulness, but I have found old penmanship of mine, and I'll be like, whoa, what happened to my ability to write? Words hurt on paper, just like my (laughs) knees hurt in jeans. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news, they have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. The great cowboy, James Storm. James, how are you today? I am doing good, man. Trying to drive down to Atlanta right now in this crappy weather. Well, I know what. Are you okay to talk? I know, you know, safety first. That's right, man. Safety first. I pulled over, so I'm good. <laughs> All right. So let's get right into it because honestly, and the 10 pounds of gold has done a really good job 
of explaining what this situation is really like leading up to tomorrow night. So for our nation members, what the hell is going on with Nick Aldis, what's going on with Billy Corgan, and this conspiracy against you? You know, it's very simple. I mean, if you go back and you you just watch the, the match, you know, it's Billy kept getting involved and, and everything. And it just seems like every every time I get ahead on something, like uh, the NWA kind of edits video or, you know, like uh, even when I won the NWA national title, you see, they didn't, they didn't put nothing up of me becoming the national champion. I had to put it up myself. Uh, so uh, so it's something where, you know, I, I, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm maybe, maybe I am crazy, but, you know, there, there's something to it. Could be a bit of a conspiracy, but I think you're on to something, my friend. I, huh, maybe I need to get the Scooby-Doo uh, <laughs> uh, people on, on, the, on the case. And, uh, Tommy, I just want to say a big uh, congratulations on your uh, soon-to-be award-winning uh, TV show, Wrestler's Court. Thank you. I'm sure you've been uh, part of uh, either called to it or uh, anytime you want to be on, hey, you got a, you got some a problem you need to be settled, we'll settle in uh, Wrestler's Court. The hell with Judge Judy. Judge Judy ain't got nothing on time to drink. <laughs> That's right. And by the way, James Storm after tomorrow night's not going to be a part of Wrestler's Court because he's a made man. He'll be NWA World Heavyweight Champion. He's a made guy. He can do whatever he wants. Do you know what also I'd yeah, like to see behind the scenes? A drinking contest between Nick Aldis and Cowboy James Thorne and beers. Both those guys are uh, professional drinkers. I'm saying beer drinkers. Like if we had to do it for like two out of three falls. I got my beer right here. Who do you think? Yeah, yeah that sounds like a good uh, good idea. Maybe we need to pitch that as well. Like after I beat the crap out of Nick, maybe he can challenge me uh, for my world drinking beer championship. Mm, I smell money. <laughs> All right, so so James, let me ask you: with this conspiracy, do you think it's because hey, you know Nick Aldis, the well dressed man, the I guess kind of quintessential uh, world heavyweight champion look? You know, somebody that Billy Corgan really likes as a representative of the company, and like you know. Cowboy, you've always been a guy that's done things your own way, dress the way that you want, really don't follow by the rules. Do you think that's why you think there's this conspiracy when it comes to you? You know, we uh, we just did that 30 minute sit down uh, the other day, and you know, and I and I basically just told Nick this how it was. You know, it's it's funny how you know we used to always say the office and the boys don't mix but now it seems like nick is becoming trying to become both the office and the boys hang out with the boys as well and i told him i said you know as well as i do that that doesn't mix well at all so and it's just you know it's just one of those things i told him too i said it seems like you're in billy's ear all the time and you guys are always hanging around and uh and then i pointed out i said same way when he became heavyweight champion in tna him and dixie was always hanging around so you know i don't know Interesting. All right, let's get it. Let's get into the matchup because this is a big moment for you. You've held a lot of NWA championships, but never held the ten pounds of gold. You know, are you nervous? Is there any pressure going into this match tomorrow night? You know, uh, a lot of people really don't know what that belt means. Uh, you know, and it's just, you know, they, they know it's been around for a while, but to me, it means so much more than just you know becoming. You know, the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, it's uh, something that, you know, my friends have held. Uh, you know, when, when I got to hang around Dusty Rose, I actually got him to sign a replica NWA belt uh, for me that I have hanging up in my house. 
you know, and, and being friends with Ric Flair and stuff, it, it would just mean so much to have my name beside those guys in the history books. That's so cool. Um, when you look at the NWA and NWA Power that you can watch every Tuesday at 6.05, uh, talk about this show. And, and listen, obviously everybody knows about, you know, some ups and downs and, and what happened a couple of weeks ago with Jim Cornette. But, and I mentioned this to when we had Molina on in studio a couple of days ago. I think it's really a good test for this locker room and the core of talent that's a part of this show that you kind of really all kind of gathered together and moved forward and moved on. And and I'm hoping that was just kind of a, a little bit of a stumble on the road and you could really all reach your ultimate goal. Yeah, you know, I always say you, you don't know what you have until your back's against the walls and the boys step up, you know. And that, and that was the same with, you know, Impact Wrestling as well. You know, it's, it's, it's always the locker room that, that steps up, uh, you know, and, and I think with the NWA power, uh, you know, the locker room is stepping up and, and taking charge and, and, you know, and still telling the world, hey, the, the show is about the wrestlers. It's not about one person. You know, it's about the group of individuals coming together to try to put on a great show for the fans. Um, I've said it before, uh, and you've been a part of some bad creative, uh, <laughs> and you just – wrestlers, no matter what's handed to them – we will go out there and perform uh, no matter what's handed us, and we'll try to make the best of a, of a bad situation. But with Impact now, or you know, I know with, with NWA, you have some creative freedom in the sense of when it comes to your matches and, and all that stuff. For you, I know you still go out there and you know, you're acting, but you're also doing uh, indies and indie wrestling uh, at times. You know, you're going to be on such a, a large stage. Uh, do you worry about, I guess, like your wind or being able to compete at such a high level? Because, as you know, there's there is a big difference when you're at an indie show as opposed to when you're, you know, you're you're in a you're in a heavy heavy match. Uh, like, have you been training anything different, or are you just? I know you're not nervous, but do you think your conditioning and or like what are you doing different to uh, prepare for this? Yeah, it's uh, it's actually funny that you say that because uh, I just came back from England last week, and the last two nights that I was over there, I made sure that uh, the promoter put me in in the ring with guys that could go. Nice, uh, you know, and that that way it would kind of help me as well. You know, I would be in the ring with, you know, guys that I knew that were good, but guys that I knew that that could go as well. Uh, you know, but you know, the funny thing is, I actually have, uh, you know, I, I shouldn't have posted it, but I posted it. I actually have a hairline fracture in my my ankle, so that's one of the things that I'm going to have to work around as well. But you know, when the bell rings to me, I'm one of those guys. I, I don't really feel the pain because the adrenaline's, you know, pumping through me, and I'm out there having fun. So, uh, but you know, as like you said, as far as when I always tell people, there's a difference between in ring shape and, and you know and you know a stairmaster, you know, or treadmill. Yep. You know, you can get on a treadmill and run forever, but you get in that ring for five minutes and you'll die if you're in there with someone, you know, like a Kurt Angle or Samoa Joe or something like that, you know, if, if you're not uh, in ring shape. You need a soft air cast will help you out, and or I could give you the official ECW walking boot that we used to pass around when I broke my heel, and then I gave it to Bubba when he broke his ankle, and we passed that boot to everybody. It's the holy shrine of, and it helps you get through your matches, because I wrestled Van Damme in November to remember the very next week in a walking boot. So uh, get yeah, yourself they, uh, an air cast, or I, I will send you, I will FedEx that right away for you, and uh, 
It'll help you. You'll definitely win the title because if you load it up with uh, that and kick Nick in the face, you'll totally win. Don't, don't, don't say it on the air. Text me. No. Sorry. Got to take every advantage is given to you. Uh, you know, James, let's talk about Nick Aldis, too, for a second, because when you think of Nick Aldis, you don't just think of the champion. You also think of Camille, and I know – that this is a story that's being told on NWA Power, but you know Camille whispering whatever it was she whispered into your ear. Uh, I'm wondering if that comes into play tomorrow night. You know, a lot of people keep asking me, you know, what does she say? What does she say? You know, and and I always tell people it's not really what she said to me, but it's what she overheard someone saying. So, Interesting. Little twist in the plot there. Send her to wrestler's court. I'll be the judge. <laughs> you know what, James, too, and, and and I'm a victim of this as well because I have fallen in love just like the NWA fans into question mark. Like, did anybody see that coming, that the question mark would be as over as he is right now? It is one of those things that, when we saw it backstage, we're sitting there shaking our head going, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know, and, and I always say it's the dumbest things and the, the most simple things in wrestling. I don't want to say the dumbest, but the most simple things in wrestling that, to me, get over. You know, I, I kind of compare it to when me and Bobby were doing the beer money suplex. It was the most simple thing, <laughs> but it winded up getting over. You know, and now you got the question mark. It's so simple, and it's, you know, it's, just taken off the uh, man i totally forgot about you and bobby suplex and i've taken it and it was just like when you think about it like i mean we've been in big ass venues too and everyone would be doing uh that the beer money and it was it was it became a part of your act uh with i guess the beauty of like the nwa what had a lot of people talking and, and exactly what you said were the in-house commercials with Austin Idol and Tony yeah. Falk. I, I, my, you know, you know Tony Falk. I know Tony Falk. A lot of the wrestling community didn't know Tony Falk. To now the part that like they're selling his T-shirt because it was so absurd <laughs> that it got over. And like that's what the beauty of professional wrestling truly is. Or like even as stupid as wrestling court. I've been wrestling forever, and so many people are like, oh, my God, Tommy Dreamer as the judge was uh, was so funny. No, that's just being us, and it's so obscure and funny. Because I always say, and James uh, I know agrees, if the boys will pop for it, the wrestling fans will pop for it. <laughs> yeah, and, and in your head, I'm sure as well, you thought, wow, I beat myself up for all those years, and all I had to do was dress up like a judge. Dang it. <laughs> And the cloak makes me look thinner and hides my boobs. I'm gonna start wrestling. Them. But but I but I guess that is an example of what you guys are talking about. You you really don't know. Correct. Like you you could plan it out. You could have a, a story that you think is really going to be compelling, and it may be. But it could be the simplest, like silliest things that get over with the wrestling fans. Probably now more than ever. Right. Well, I mean, like you yeah, look because- at the Red Rooster. Didn't really get no. over because also everyone knew him that as he was a talented wrestler or the gobbledygooker. If the gobbledygooker came out today, but they made a joke about it, or like how AEW had Orange Cassidy in the a turkey outfit, that would pop the people. But if they had him started wrestling in that, I bet you it would get it over. Like question mark? Question mark is over. I still don't know who it is. I thought it was me for a while. We have the same physique. <laughs> 
I'm waiting for like an exclamation point and period to pop up as well. (laughs) (laughs) Also, too, um, let's get into the match as well because it is a two out of three falls match for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And then Tim Storm is going to be a referee for the second fall. Uh, Does that worry you at all? Because it seems like Tim Storm and Nick Aldis have really bonded as of late. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, and, and Tommy knows, like, w- when you're a wrestler, it's hard to be a referee as well. Like, uh, the referee's job, a lot of people don't understand. It's it's very tough. I, you know, I've tried to referee before, and, you know, and I just want to, I just kind of wonder, like, how good of a job actually Tim Storm will do as a referee. You know, I'm not saying anything about his character or a wrestler. I'm just saying as a referee. And, Dave, just so you know, I did pitch to the NWA that you be my guest referee because I've seen the uh, job you did at Hardcore, you know. Well, I I appreciate (laughs) that, and I I think I did a stellar job at House of Hardcore 56, James. Uh, Unfortunately, I think Dave Lagana and Billy Corkin have some kind of – prejudice against me There's another know. conspiracy yeah, against yeah, james they, and, he and, asked for his own ref yes hmm <laughs> i've gave them a yep. dave lagreca guy t-shirts and and what i felt when i went to the 36 floor and saw both those shirts in the garbage here at the sirius xm studios Bastards. after giving it as a gift um, yeah, I, I don't know what it is, James, but they don't seem to like me very much. But you know what, James? I appreciate you pitching it, though. I, I, I admire that. Thank you. See, if, if I would have had a shirt, I'd, I'd definitely wore it, you know, on TV, loud and proud for you, Dave. That's I gotta, the shirt. And like I said, you know, it's and they told me, no, you have to pick somebody under the NWA banner. I'm like, why? Why can't I pick any referee of my choosing? So It's a good point. I don't know. It's a good point. I mean, why not? And again, because he, and this is where the conspiracy theory comes out, Tommy, because of course Nick Aldis is going to have the advantage if it's going to be under the NWA umbrella because Lagana, Corgan, fans of, of Nick Aldis, Tim Storm, I mean, most of the people who are a part of this organization are on the side of the champion Nick Aldis. So right away, James Storm is going to be at a disadvantage going into this matchup. That's why you are the. He's banging. Stop. It pisses me off. Stop banging. No, it pisses me off. <laughs> All right. Because I'm a fan of the cowboy James Storm. Mm-hmm. Nick Aldis is your NWA World Heavyweight Champion. He's done a phenomenal. So you're stuff. seeing he's right in he's, this conspiracy. He, uh, yeah, and he's done a phenomenal. They don't need these kind of advantage. I don't think Nick Aldis needs these kind of advantages. What I if? think. But Hang okay, on. go ahead, go ahead, please. What if James Storm reveals that Tim Storm is related to him? <laughs> How about that? And for... then we bring out, and then we bring out Lance, and we have the six man with question mark. Period, Mind blown! <laughs> now you're booking, brother. <laughs> well, one thing I know for sure, I will. Even though I could have been a part of the show, and the nation would have followed, and you would have seen the Greca fatheads all over the studios. I digress. I will be watching on Fight TV. It is TV. your favorite show. It is my favorite. I've television. said it many times. It's yep. my favorite show on TV. Um, James, good luck tomorrow night. I hope we're going to be talking to a new NWA World Heavyweight Champion on Monday. Thank you so much. Cowboy, I love you. Yeah, thank you, guys. Yeah, man, you guys be safe. All right, safe travels for you. I guess there must be. Hey, man, thank you, guys, man. I appreciate it. it. You got it.
cowboy James Storm. And listen, this isn't taking anything away from Nick Aldis because I think we both agree that Nick Aldis has been a great representative of the NWA. And, and you're honestly a gentleman. And I think there's very few people that could have done what he's done. Um, you have to give a lot of credit to Nick Aldis for the way that you look at this M- NWA championship right now because you weren't looking at it that way uh, five or six years ago. You're talking to someone who first kind of welcomed back the NWA into the business with myself and Nick and Jane, uh, and Tim Storm Yep. Uh, at a House of Hardcore show where it's like, hey, man, they're trying this. We're going to bring it back. And it kind of, I don't want to say we were the catalyst, but like it's like, well, if wrestlers are getting behind it and other promotions are getting behind it, it's going to be a good thing. And, yes, they've totally blossomed. Uh, Nick was the perfect foil for Cody and what he's really stepped up in his matches. And, and I mean, I've wrestled Nick. I've wrestled James Storm. Nick is always in great condition, but he's also, like you said, he's a great face for the company. Yeah. He speaks so eloquently with his James Bond type of character. But uh, a great representative of the company, and I hope that uh, I don't know. I don't know about this cons- this conspiracy theory. Yeah, he should get a monocle. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and now we see the butcher and the James blade Storm, and have the monocle. Oh, he stole it. Yeah, yeah because I was. I, I'm Sam, the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Can't you tell with this monocle in my left eye? What if James Storm? I'm gonna give him another helpful hint as okay. he's driving. Beer bottles. Uh, Nick Aldis in the face, mm-hmm. causing glass to go in his eye. He loses the title. He comes back with either an eye patch or a monocle, a black monocle. That and, covers his eye? Yeah. Interesting. And then he could talk like a full-blown James Bond villain. Do you know who uh, was in one of James Bond's movies? Um, a- anyone Two in particular? Wrestlers. wrestlers. Oh, Tanaka? Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, High Chief Peter Maivia was in there as well. There you go. Awesome. His grandson did some cool stuff, too, in wrestling and in movies. That's true. That's what I bring to this table. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. Kings Island is now open weekends. 